Hello everybody, this is Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, June 15th, 2023. Just a little bit of housekeeping before we get started today, folks. This is a very important news and views, and you're going to want to probably bookmark it and save it and certainly read the accompanying article. Uh, housekeeping, we do not have a vid chat tomorrow. We had to move last week's vid chat to the following Monday due to storms. Uh, I was going to record the uh, quarterly wrap-up with Catherine this coming Saturday. I've had to move that to this coming Monday, again, because they're predicting very bad weather where I live. So hopefully sooner or later we'll get out of this abominable weather cycle that we've been having that seems to interfere with my attempts to schedule anything almost every every time we get around to the weekend. All right, now that brings us to today's article. This is an article, an op-ed piece actually, that appeared in RT and it is by a professor, Sergei Karaganov, who is a member of the School of International Economics and Foreign Affairs Higher School of Economics in Moscow. Uh, this is essentially a think tank, and Professor Karaganov has been an advisor both to Russian President Yeltsin and the contemporary President Vladimir Putin. The article speaks for itself. I'm going to read several paragraphs of this article, but I want you to make sure to read this whole RT article yourself. I'm interpreting it in a certain way, and I'm interpreting it along the lines that I've been warning about for some time, uh, that the West is going to prod and poke the bear until the leadership, the insane leadership of the West may pay a very heavy price. So bear with me because I'm not going to comment much on this article except when we get to one very, very crucial passage in it. And uh, I think my reasoning will become clear in my warnings that I've been making for years, actually that two can play the game. So here we go. The article's titled, By Using, listen to this carefully, By Using Its Nuclear Weapons, Russia Could Save Humanity from a Global Catastrophe. That's the title of the article. So here we go. This is Professor Karaganov and his analysis of the situation. And I'm going to simply read several excerpted paragraphs from this article. Quote, Even if we completely liberate the Donetsk, Lugansk, Zaporozhye, and Kherson regions, it will be a minimal victory. A slightly greater success would be to liberate the whole of eastern and southern Ukraine within a year or two, but it would still leave part of the country with an even more embittered ultra-nationalist population pumped full of weapons, a bleeding wound that threatens inevitable complications such as another war. 
The situation could be worse if we liberate the whole of the Ukraine at the cost of monstrous sacrifices and are left with ruins and a population that mostly hates us. It would take more than a decade to re-educate them. Let me stop there. I agree with him, and he's just said what any sane person looking at this war has already said, namely that Russia does not want to conquer and occupy the entire Ukraine because it would become an economic and cultural drain on the rest of Russia. So let me continue. Any of these options, especially the last one, will distract Russia from the much-needed shift of its spiritual, economic, military, and political center to the east of Eurasia. Let me read that again. Any of these options, especially the last one, will distract Russia from the much-needed shift of its spiritual, economic, military, and political center to the east of Eurasia. In other words, what he's telling you there is that Russia's strategic plan, and he will hint at this later in this article, is to shift the political, military, and economic center of gravity of the entire country out of European Russia and into Asian or Siberian Russia. And this is really something that has been going on, if you've been following it carefully, with Mr. Putin's several announcements about building out the infrastructure of Siberia and, incidentally, his careful diplomacy with Japan. And there you have it stated now very clearly by a, an advisor and a member of a Russian think tank. We will be stuck with a wasteful focus on the West. And the territories of today's Ukraine, especially the central and western ones, will attract resources, both human and financial. These regions were heavily subsidized even in Soviet times. A more attractive option is the liberation and reunification of the East and South and the imposition of capitulation on the remnants of the Ukraine with complete demilitarization, creating a buffer-friendly state. Now, what he just did there, folks, is telegraph to the West what Russia's negotiating position is. But such an outcome would only be possible if we are able to break the West's will to support the Kiev junta and use it against us, forcing the U.S.-led bloc into a strategic retreat. In other words, what he's suggesting there is negotiations would already have been possible and have begun if it was not the leadership of the West blocking it. Therefore, Russia has to change the leadership of the West. And here I come, he's continuing, here I come to a crucial but barely discussed issue. The root cause of, and indeed the main reason for, the Ukrainian crisis, as well as many other conflicts in the world, and the general increase in military threats, is the accelerating failure of the contemporary Western ruling elites. This crisis is accompanied by an unprecedentedly rapid shift 
in the balance of power in the world in favor of the global majority driven economically by China and partly by India with Russia as the military and strategic anchor. This weakening not only infuriates the imperial cosmopolitan elites, parenthesis, U.S. President Joe Biden and his ilk, close parenthesis, but also frightens the imperial national elites, such as his predecessor Donald Trump, the West is losing the advantage it has held for five centuries to siphon off the wealth of the entire world by imposing its political and economic order and establishing its cultural dominance, mainly by brute force. So there is no quick end to the defensive but aggressive confrontation that the West has unleashed. In other words, all of this, folks, is because the Western elite's political and economic and even cultural position is decaying. Hold on to that cultural decay, because I think that's at the root of the Western failure. Continuing with the article, quote, This moral, political, and economic collapse has been brewing since the mid-1960s was interrupted by the collapse of the Soviet Union, but resumed with renewed vigor in the 2000s, the defeats of the Americans and their allies in Iraq and Afghanistan, and the crisis of the Western economic model in 2008 were milestones. We, either not realizing the inevitability of the clash or hoarding our strength, have been slow to act preemptively. Moreover, in line with modern, mainly Western political and military thinking, we were rash in raising the threshold for the use of nuclear weapons, inaccurate in assessing the situation in the Ukraine, and not entirely successful in launching the current military operation. By failing internally, the Western elites have actively fed the weeds that have taken root in the soil of 70 years of prosperity, satiation, and peace. These comprise of anti-human ideologies, the denial of family, homeland, history, love between men and women, faith, service to higher ideals, everything that is human. Their philosophy is to weed out those who resist. The aim is to neuter people in order to reduce their ability to resist modern globalist capitalism, which is becoming more and more obviously unjust and harmful to man and humanity. Thus, the trajectory of most Western countries clearly points toward a new fascism which could also be called liberal totalitarianism. In the future, this is the most important thing. It will only get worse. Truces are possible, but reconciliation is not. Anger and despair will continue to grow in waves and waves. This vector of Western movement is a clear sign of the drift toward the outbreak of World War III. It has already begun 
and could erupt into a full-grown, pardon me, full-blown conflagration either by accident or due to the growing incompetence and irresponsibility of the ruling circles of the West. Now, folks, here comes the crunch part of this rather lengthy article. I have spent many years studying the history of nuclear strategy and have come to an unequivocal, if unscientific, conclusion. The advent of nuclear weapons is the result of the intervention of the Almighty, who, appalled that mankind had unleashed two world wars within a generation, costing tens of millions of lives, gave us the weapons of Armageddon to show those who had lost their fear of hell that it existed. On that fear rested the relative peace of the last three quarters of a century. But now that fear is gone. The unthinkable in terms of previous notions of nuclear deterrence is happening. A group of ruling elites in a fit of desperate rage have unleashed a full-scale war in the underbelly of a nuclear superpower. Our 300-year journey around Europe has given us a lot of useful lessons and it has helped us to form our great culture. Let us cherish our European heritage. But it is time to return home, to ourselves. Let us begin with the baggage we have accumulated to live in our own way. Our friends in the foreign ministry have recently made a real breakthrough by referring to Russia as a civilizational state in their foreign policy concept. I would add, a civilization of civilizations open to the north as well as to the south, to the west as well as to the east. Now the main direction of development is to the south, to the north, and above all, to the east. The confrontation with the West in the Ukraine, however it ends, should not distract us from the strategic internal movement, spiritual, cultural, economic, political, military, and political, toward the Urals, Siberia, and the Pacific Ocean. A new Euro-Siberian Euro strategy is needed, one that includes several powerful spiritually uplifting projects, including, of course, the creation of a third capital in Siberia. In other words, St. Petersburg, Moscow, and now a new Russian capital in Siberia. This movement should come become part of the much-needed formulation of the Russian dream, the image of the Russia and the world to which one aspires. I have often written, and I am not alone in this, that great states without a great idea cease to be such or simply disappear into the void. History is littered with the graves of powers that lost their way. This idea should be created from above and does not rely, as fools or lazy people do, on what comes from below. It must correspond to the deepest values and aspirations of the people, and above all, it must take us forward. 
but it is the responsibility of the elite and the leadership of the country to formulate it. The delay in putting forward such a vision is unacceptably long. And here is the crunch, folks. And here I come to the most difficult part of this article. We can keep fighting for another year or two, or even three, sacrificing thousands and thousands of our best men and grinding up hundreds of thousands more who are unfortunate enough to fall into the tragic historical crap trap of what is now called the Ukraine. But this military operation cannot end in a decisive victory without forcing the West into a strategic retreat or even capitulation. Let me repeat that. This military operation cannot end in a decisive victory without forcing the West into a strategic retreat or even capitulation. We must force the West, notice his words here, we must force the West to abandon its temp attempts to turn back history, to abandon its attempts at global domination, and to force it to deal with its own problems, to manage its current multifaceted crisis. To put it crudely, it is necessary for the West to simply piss off and end its interference in the direction of Russia and the rest of the world. The credibility of nuclear deterrence must be restored by lowering the unacceptably high threshold for the use of atomic weapons and by moving cautiously but quickly up the ladder of deterrence and escalation. The first steps have already been taken through statements to this effect by the president and other leaders by beginning to deploy nuclear weapons and their delivery vehicles in Belarus and by increasing the combat effectiveness of the strategic deterrent forces. There are quite a few steps on this ladder. I count about two dozen. And here is the statement I really, really want everyone listening to center on. Because I think this is his clue, along with a few more statements remaining in this article, that uh, the gloves are going to come off and two can play the game. Here, here it is. There are quite a few steps on this ladder. I count about two dozen. It could go even as far as warning our compatriots and all people of goodwill about the need to leave their homes near the objects of possible nuclear strikes in countries directly supporting the Kiev regime. Now, folks, let me stop there and, and interpret what he just said. He just told you that Russia's goal in any nuclear escalation would not be to vaporize thousands or millions of innocent civilians of countries in the West. He has told you that the targets in the West would most likely be the bases of power of the Western ruling elites, 
And folks, I'm going to go so far as to say that includes their hidey holes and their homes. And I think what he's also sending here is a message that, no, this strike may not necessarily be entirely nuclear. It could be that, and it could also be covert intelligence, and let's be very blunt, assassination teams. I think this is a response, folks, to the recent drone attacks inside of Russia. The gloves are going to come off, is his message, if you keep doing this. Let me read two more statements from this article. Quote, we cannot repeat the Ukrainian scenario. For a quarter of a century, we were not listened to when we warned that NATO enlargement would lead to war. We tried to delay, to negotiate, and as a result, we ended up in a serious armed conflict. Now the price of indecision is an order of magnitude higher than it would have been earlier. But what if the present Western leaders refuse to back down? Perhaps they have lost all sense of self-preservation. Then we will have to hit a group of targets in a number of countries to bring those who have lost their senses back to their senses. And I would go so far as to say that that is another message that Russia is contemplating very seriously decapitation strikes against the governments of the West, particularly and at the head of the list, the United States and the United Kingdom. Uh, so this is a very, very serious article, folks. It is basically confirming what I've been trying to warn everybody for years and years, going all the way back to my appearances with George Ann Hughes on The Bite Show, uh, you know, over a decade now, that two can play the covert operations game. Two can play the game of fomenting revolutions and coups d'etat in, in countries like the Ukraine. Two can play that game. And uh, the Russians are very serious here. They are not going to risk the eclipse of their civilization state for a piece of Western ideology because, and this is something very important to understand, folks, because they went through that state of having to live in a Western ideology that was imposed on their country, that ideology being called communism. They know all about it. And they're not willing to risk their country and their culture and their civilization again to satisfy a bunch of Western ideologues and bankers. So this is very serious, folks. Uh, you may disagree with my reading of this particular article. That's the reason I wanted to read so much from it and to include a link so that you can read it for yourself. Uh, but I, I tend to think that this is confirmation of my prediction going, going way back that the West is playing with fire, quite literally playing with fire. 
That's it for today's news and views from the Nefarian folks. I wish I had better news for you, but uh, better bad news in truth than good news in a lie. We'll see you on the flip side, folks. Bye-bye and God bless.